Welcome to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge. It connects who we are with who we've become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob. So here we are in uh, 15 minutes of mental toughness, and I'm really excited about this guest here. Uh, this is uh, Gary Brackett, uh, Indianapolis, uh, is from New Jersey. Uh, I think you're going to love his story. The reason I put up New Jersey is because of uh, the history there, and uh, Super Bowl champion, and uh, family man, three kids, and is in charge of Stack Pickle here in Indianapolis. How many stores do you have right now? Uh, we have 10 locations. 10 locations. And what's the vision? I mean, the vision is 50 stores in five years. 50 stores in five years. That was the piece when we met. I was I was pretty attracted to that. Yep. Um, so in 15 minutes of mental toughness. But I'm really excited, man. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Yeah, not a problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, we always get into it. What is mental toughness to you? Man, that's a great question. I think mental toughness to me, I'm always reminded by this quote um, Coach Caldwell used to share with us. And he always say that um, mental is the physical 10 to 1. And so many times um, so people rely on their their, myth, their their physical toughness, right? How, how big are you? How strong are you? Um, but in my mind, mental t- toughness tops all of that. Like how, how mentally tough are you? And for me, when I think about mental toughness, um, I think about people who have been through so much adversity and were able to overcome and not only overcome, but become a better person because of it. You know, I mean, you were an undrafted free agent. Um, I mean, you came out of the powerhouse of Rutgers. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> against, nothing against Rutgers, man. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, your, um, your, your work ethic, your hard work is, is what got you through what when did you learn about the mental toughness and how did you apply that and overcome that adversity it's a good question so my um my senior year in, in high school we had graduated about 20 seniors only two people um and only two underclassmen played varsity um and our coach called it a rebuilding year so here i am wanting to get recruited from high school and, and my coach called it a rebuilding year. So I'm um, supposed to be all everything, running back and, and linebacker. First game, I had like negative 30 yards. Mm. Um, so um, that practice, I told the coach, like, man, I want to practice with the off, with the with the offensive lineman. Um, he was like, why, why you want to do that? I'm like, I want to, I want them to feel what I felt in this game, right? Negative 30 yards, like they they gotta feel my pain. So I went down there and practiced with the, the, the linemen and really was, was and, and they were undersized, right? It was high school, D1 ball. Um, I'm probably one of the biggest kids on the team as a running back. Mm-hmm. And um, and my, my message to them was really one guy was like, man, I can't block him. He's too big. He's too strong. And, and my thing to him was like, man, give me what you got. Like, he might be big. He might be strong. But you got more than a whiff. You got more than a one-second block. Right? Give me four or five seconds. Give me something. Give me more than what you're doing right now. Dig down deep. Whatever you give me, that's what I want. 
and, and and they really love me for it because I was just like, look, man, I'm realistic. I know you're not gonna move that guy. He's an all pro, all state, whatever whatever it is. But but you could do more, right? And I think that mental toughness really got me to challenge in my lives, like areas where I could do more. And that and that always just stuck with me throughout my entire life. I really love that one. Give me what you got. That's it. Uh, what is um, what if if you can share with us? What's the toughest thing that you've overcome? Man, that's the um. I think for me, um, the toughest thing I overcome was losing my best friend, my father, my mother, my brother in about a thirty-six month um, period of my life, from senior in college to second year in the NFL, mm-hmm. and um, and almost felt like man, it would never, it would never end. And for me, um, wh- where I was able to overcome that. Um, Cause there's one period in my and doing that whole ordeal, probably after I lost my brother, where I'm just cussing God, like where are you all, where are you at? Mm-hmm. You left me, like what are you trying to prove? Like you you you've done enough, right? And then uh, where, where are you at in my life right now? And it's at that moment in, in my in my house in New Jersey, uh, up in our bathroom wall, it was the poem Footprints. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I, I read the poem um, and and talked about how. When there are areas in your life where there's only you only see one set of footprints, and the guy replied, "That son's the one I carried you," and I think that's the toughest part of my life, and and that's what kind of got me through by reading that poem and understanding that you know God has a plan for our life, no matter how challenging it get, He still has an awesome plan. Wow, that's great, man. Um, you know how did um, how did that experience? If you, if you can go a little bit further in depth, I mean, how that experience shape you? I mean, you're 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 new in the league. I mean, you're trying to get established and play. And I mean, how did that how that shape your experience and and you and your life? I really think it shaped just appreciation. Um, I I think um, just understanding how valuable life is because sometimes we take for granted like how 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 grateful we should be just by waking up every morning and <gasps> taking that breath. Because there's a lot of people that's going to sleep tonight that won't wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So waking up every morning, I just always felt eternally grateful. And that area of my life, it really was shaped by losing so many of my loved ones um, that I knew wish they had another breath. And if they did, I knew they would give it all that they had. That's why I'm probably a little bit guilty of being overzealous with my days and planning and scheduling. Um, but it's just because I'm just trying to maximize this thing called life. Yeah. Because tomorrow isn't guaranteed to us. Tomorrow's not promised. Yeah. You know, uh, you're an author. There's going to be a movie coming out about your, your life. What, um, you know, we kind of talked about this before. I mean, one's identity in football, but then you transition into the entrepreneur. Um, can you talk about that a little bit in terms of that transition and and how you know the overall mentality that you've had to have? Yeah, I think um, in in life, period, I believe hugely in this thing called transferable skills. Hmm. Right. Um, in order to do something in our life, we have to build a certain amount of skill set, whether it's discipline, whether it's perseverance. Whether it, it, it was, you know, mental, st- uh, you know, toughness, whatever that is, we had to build it. And whatever we're doing in our lives, 
And I've always felt like that that was transferable. Um, people say, you're a football player. And I tell them, no, I, I, I was a CDO. I was a chief defensive operator. Right? <laughs> I mean, we had a billion dollar business, 100 people in the company. I am one of three captains on a team that was one of the most winningest team in any decade of football. That doesn't happen because I'm a football player. Mm. Um, and I think that same discipline, sacrifice, um, leadership, all those skills that I learned there, I'm doing now. And I think that all those things are transferable. Yeah. You know, um, let me go off script just for a second here. Which one, I mean, you were in two Super Bowls, 2006 and 2009. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think about more? <laughs> when when we lost. Yeah. I, why, I think why is that? Losing shapes our lives way more than winning does. Because I think when sometimes when we win, um, we take it for granted. And we don't know how special it was. But when we lose, we remember how close we were. Right? And how much hard work we put into it. And how much hard work, maybe regrets, or maybe some things we wish we'd have done better. Uh, so in the second Super Bowl, nothing I could do. But I, I broke my hand um, in the second quarter. Oh, that's right. And I and I played the rest of the game with a broken hand. And um, you know, I always regret breaking my hand. How I tackled the guy, my hand was out of the way. Um, I still have a stat. I had the most solo tackles of any other player, any other Super Bowl during that game. And I, I think if my hand was was a hundred percent, I probably would have had a couple more. So those things go through my mind all the time. But it just I mean, we had the saying um, when we were playing football, and it was no gas. And, and it was no one gives a and, – and if you're smart, you could probably finish the sentence, right? And um, and that's what it is in life. No one cares, right? No no one cares. And I think um, it just – so what, now what, right? So then mm-hmm. how are you going to do – what you going to do now to kind of overcome and kind of make that – make men's with that? Yeah. You know, you have a, a successful podcast, Success Leaves Clues. On the, on that theme, you know our our losses do shape us more. What is it? What do we need to learn? Or or I guess better question is how do we hold on to those successes and how do we allow those to even drive us? Yeah, yeah, they're important, right? Because when we're successful, if you look in retrospect of what it took to get there, um, we can see a common theme that probably led to that success. And conversely, when you look at negative things that happen in your life, performance related, we can also look at clues that led to those negative performances. Mm. So in my mind, success leads clues to me was about um, not only my personal life, right? Me versus me, but also wanting to be better, wanting to have mentors, some that, that know they're my mentors and a lot that don't. That I look over and I look at their patterns and I try to implement them in my life. Um, so that's been always been helpful for me, um, looking at successful people and just looking at the clues that they dropped that got them to the, where they got to and figure out if I can achieve the same level of success by mimicking some of those same things. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, I guess, you know, one thing I want to mention. So in, in 2006, heading into the playoffs, defense wasn't that good. You got, you got a player back in, in Bob Sanders. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the years where you all weren't even favored to to win. Um, how did that impact the overall team mentality? 
I think a lot of things happened. I think obviously Bob Sanders was a phenomenal football player. Um, I think uh, Rob Morris, who was a um, middle linebacker before I came in, um, he actually moved from Mike linebacker to Sam linebacker. And what that did for me was to give us another voice out there on the football field, another voice of, of, of leadership. And that was important because the message was um, a lot of times when, when you do something wrong or something doesn't happen in our life, we think we got to add more. We got to do more. We got to do more. We got to be more. Mm-hmm. And Coach Dungey said, no, nah, man, it's, it's, it's a distant by subtraction. We're actually going to remove things from our playbook, right? And you should remove things out of your life and focus on what really matters and do the things that really matters really well. And, and that's what we did, man. We eliminated the game plan, got a real small, real concise and we just played extremely fast because we feel confident in our ability to execute the game plan. So you simplified everything. Simple is powerful. That's it, man. Um, I guess another question, like what's it, what's it like being a middle linebacker? What's it like being the mic? Yeah, that's a good question. I tell people, man, I used to uh, hit with the buffalo and run with the deer. Right? <laughs> So uh, hit with the Buffalo, obviously the offensive lineman, and then run with the deer, running with the wide receivers, man. And you just had to have that skill set to, yeah, you're strong, you're fast, you gotta be physical, but you also have to be quick. You also have to play out there in space. So it just, uh, um, you know, for me, the mic is like quarterback of the defense. So I had to be um, in tune of what was going on game plan wise, um, and really what personnel was out there. Cause sometimes they would give calls in my helmets that I was supposed to call, but I knew that the personnel wasn't going to be good for that call. Uh-huh. Case in point, man coverage when we got Randy Moss and a five ten corner is not a great call. Really? <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Cover two when that corner James and he has over top help from a safety is a much better call. So just kind of making those adjustments and having that awareness to kind of get that done throughout the field, I think is what, what made it successful as well. And that all comes from your preparation? All, all preparation. Um, and, and, and really, um, obviously, Peyton Manning is one of the best at uh, preparing for a game. And really just understanding being one of the first ones to, to, to come to the building, last ones to leave. Um, and the amount of work that you get done while you're there, um, it, it, it was always like, if you make practice hard throughout the week, the game should be easy. Mm-hmm. So in terms of uh, the mic, what, um, how does that translate again into now your current role yeah i think right now i feel like um i'm the mike which is the quarterback of the defense i feel like i'm the quarterback of the stack pickle i think we have 10 locations over 500 employees uh we're franchising uh so we're growing we have a lot of people interested in uh buying into our concept and franchising that really all over the nation i'm really all over the world because i'm talking to a person from australia right now and for me my position man is that same preparation um, before it happens, I have to be prepared and think what type of tools there, are they going to need to be successful mm. and making sure that I'm equipped to give them that type of tools because how I measure success ultimately is how many other people that I can have reach success. Yeah, that's awesome. In terms of what you want to share with people when it comes to mental toughness, what would be one piece of advice that you want to share with people that they need to know uh you know, for success and, and mental toughness? I, I think it's what I talked to earlier. Like, I'll, I'll, um, give me what you got, mm. right? Um, 
and and I really think I read this book called Seal, and it talks about the Navy Seals thinking that when we're going as hard as we we're going, we're we're really only at forty percent. Yep. So the whole mental toughness piece for me is just like no matter how hard you're working, there's probably another level that you can kick it up to. And for me, that mental toughness is every day challenging myself like, how can I get better? Because I think in life we get better or worse. Mm-hmm. So. I challenge myself every day, how can I get better today? And and so what would be an example? Like how would somebody challenge themselves? I think um, one one big thing always is like weight, mm-hmm. right? And people think, wait, oh, wait, uh, I got to work out more. I got to exercise more. Really, it's about your nutrition. So you could exercise a ton more or you could change your eating habits. Right. And that's that discipline. That's that sacrifice of better you. How are you going to get that done? Well, yeah, you're going to exercise. You're going to drink water, but also you're going to be very careful of some of the, the things that you eat. Um, that's why in our restaurants, the Stack Pickle, um, we, we, we really focus on the healthy options with our salads, with our wraps, with our rice bowls, because we know a lot of people have that mental um, preparation and, and they want to get that healthy um, environment. They still want to go out and enjoy themselves. So you have to be be willing to have those type of things um, on your menu, menu to, to kind of accommodate them. So the mental toughness piece, when you show up at your restaurant, order one of the healthy options. That's it, man. Say I'm all about the rice bowls, man. That's, that's just me, though. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very filling, man. Um, where uh, where can people follow you? Where can people learn more about you and, and just kind of um, you know learn from you? Yeah, awesome. Um, man, I have a ton of websites. GaryBracket.org is my foundation website. Very blessed to be able to help over 100,000 uh, Hoosier lives here in Indiana throughout the foundation. Uh, GaryBracket.com is my motivational speaking page where there's blogs on there um, about you know what I got going on in my life. Um, Stack Pickle, um, that's where you can go find out about franchise opportunities or if you've never been. Um, I think we have one of the best menus, best pork tenderloins in town. And then also Bracket.movie, a uh, new movie we're working on. Hopefully we can release it next year. We're still fundraising Bracket.movie. You can see the trailer and also information about the new movie we got coming out. Man, that's awesome. Can you talk about um, your foundation, GaryBracket.org, real quick? Yeah, GaryBracket.org, man. I started, man, almost eight years ago now okay. when my brother passed away uh, with leukemia, cancer, and I just saw how deadly the disease was, and I just wanted to help in some type of area. So I was able to uh, put together a foundation um, and was able to help in that area. Now we've kind of opened up a little bit more to critically and chronically ill and disadvantaged youth. Um, but very proud about that. You know, um, it's, it's funny because we schedule about 10, 15 events a year. And every time it comes up, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I got another event. And every time I go, man, I'm blessed by the people that we're able to touch. Um, but but not only are we helping them, they're helping us by showing that the, the world be a better place. We all just uh, just gave back a little. Um, isn't that the funny thing? It's like even though we help, they help us out more than we ever help them out. It's amazing. No one gets there alone. Yeah, no one gets there alone. Hey, so uh, hit with the buffalo, run with the deer. That's it, baby. That might be the title, man. Thank you so much, man, for, uh, for joining us. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right. 
Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at drrobbell.com.